This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily and conjecture the supreme court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint <laughs> and now gutter ball beep what do you think baby? i have i just mean so okay here's a little hear. inside <laughs> scoop for the listener listeners because we have um here we are in episode one, one, two, and we can break it down a little bit. What are we breaking down? The the microphones and the <laughs> veracity of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, there's two microphones involved here on my end. One is the microphone that goes into my computer and is using Skype, and that's what you're hearing. And the other is a microphone going into a task and recording, and that's what ultimately gets mixed uh, into the mix that uh, the listeners are hearing. Now, we do something Dan Benjamin likes to call double-enders. Oh, yeah, double-ender. Yep, that's, that, that, that term predates uh, Benjamin. It goes way back. That's like the old days of radio and stuff. They do that. All right. Good to know. You'd be interviewing, you know, you'd be interviewing your your person on you're in New York. You're interviewing someone in L.A. and they're like, yeah, they figure out how to do that. Just means recording locally on each end and yep. then mixing the files together later. Yep. Which you know is or, still or, a valid or reel method. to reel tape or whatever it is they had back then. Mm-hmm. Yep, they had a Nagra setup. I only vaguely know what that is. It's a reel-to-reel tape recorder you would use on a film set. Is that what, like, back in film school days, is that what you used? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think that's why, and I know the word. Yep. So. So, you know, it's. It does, like, crystal sync. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, it was the size. But that's not a thing anymore. Well, I mean. Or is it? Probably. How do you keep it all in sync in the digital world? I don't know, because I don't know that. Well. I haven't used one in a long time, but it, it's the size of like a briefcase, basically, and it has two spindles of uh, tape. So, like, you carry this thing around on a sling on your shoulder, and then that's where you know one of the devices that required a uh, speed confirmation from the audio recordist, right? Because you didn't want to just record and like have that be immediately usable because the the reels had to get up to speed. Right. It might take like a second or two, a second or two or three. And there were little, there was like, it looked like a, um, like a biohazard sign, like three triangles all pointing in towards the center. Okay. And then when it got up to speed, it would, that was like, those were cutouts. And then behind it, there was another, sort of thing that would like fill them all in like white or orange or something or little skulls yeah I, that would have been cooler but yeah once they were all filled in it would kind of go back and forth and then, then it's filled in speed okay it's up to speed and if you didn't do that then 
if you tried to use the audio that you were recording before it got up to speed, it would sound like, uh, I guess, slow. It just wouldn't, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be, uh, well, I think there's a couple things. It would be slow, but also, like, think about it, like, that, the, that tape needs to be, like, it's so, there's a motor turning those tapes. It has to go at a precise speed. It does. If it's even a tiny bit off, your, your whole thing's going to be off. It's not going to sync up to the to the picture anymore. I mean, you can always like cut and paste and finagle things around, right. but like when you're trying to edit a movie, every little bit like that that's not correct will slow you down. So you just mm-hmm. you don't want to have to fuck around with shit like that, right? You know, it should just be locked in. You should have some speed. So anyway, we have the equivalent of the Nagra. We both have pretty much the same device, and we record that separately. So the audio that you and I hear with each other is shittier than right. is actually released on the podcast. Yes. So Yes, and so I was just moving what I called the fake mic, which really just means it's the mic that no one but you is hearing. It was right. way over on the edge of the desk and I moved it closer. So you could so you could hear me better. Yeah, I want the comfort waves washing over my ear holes. Yeah, so hopefully uh you know it sounds a little better. It does. It sounds great. Sounding really great. I mean, with a little bit of finagling, we could probably do this all with one microphone. Like, but we we could like probably do that out from the Tascam into the computer, or just have this directly into the computer and record it in one way, and then out from there. Who knows? But you know what? Screw it. We've gotten this far. Maybe that's something for the next endeavor that we can experiment with. Right. It's all. all it's a whole new audio frontier. It is. Episode 112. 112. 112. Here we are. TK112. It, Why are you not at your post? Is that how that goes? Something like that. And then that was in Boogie Nights. See, we have to move Boogie Nights into everything. Right. Because he's selling them the stereo. Right, Buck. You need the TK421. Mm-hmm. You got to hear that bass, Brad. Here, let, let, I can tell you're not convinced. Let me play a little something for you. He puts on the country music. <laughs> you feel, I feel like watching that movie again it's been a long time you need to you need to i just watched Next it, time man. i feel like watching lars von trier i'm going to punch myself in the face just right and in the say face. no revisit boogie nights you have to or that new the other thing i was seeing the other day i still haven't seen that new pta film boogie nights too the electric which, boogaloo which i feel like we maybe need to see before we get done with this uh Recording this player podcast. Yeah, shit. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, the yeah the the one that draws inevitable comparisons to Lebowski, at least based on the trailer. Right, geographically, uh, moodically. Mm-hmm. What the hell's that? Did oh, you wait. say ludically? Moodically. Moodically. Okay, I thought you meant like they're both taking quaaludes, or they they deal in the smut business. Yeah, there's smut business involved. Which probably lewd, ickly, ickly, ickly. One twelve. This is so. This is the last full minute of like film proper, right? Of the next episode is mostly. It's maybe like thirty-five or forty seconds. I think. Is it that much? I didn't even look ahead. That's confused me, because I thought last time we talked, it was definitely seemed like 20. And I wonder if, like, did iTunes, 
replace this with a different version that has a different intro. I guess it couldn't have. No, because this all matches. Yeah. It seems like it goes a bit further. But maybe that's just my warped perception, man. I don't know. We can- I can't really be... You know, held accountable for any of this. Your perceptions right cannot be trusted. Let's just no. face it. Uh, yes. You lack perception. <laughs> I lack. I lack perception. <laughs> yeah, here it is. I have it up right now. It goes till yeah. It goes past the half minute mark. He goes thirty six seconds. What do you think's worse, lacking perception or lacking perspective? Uh, lacking. Perception is worse. I'd rather have some perception, even if the perspective was incorrect. Well, I didn't say... It's just that simple for me. Yeah, but, you know, it's also a sliding scale. Like, I didn't say you have no perception. You just... Well, does lacking perception mean you have none? Is that the implication? I took it to mean none. Oh, okay. But maybe... I want to say lacking means you don't have... Any? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get on board with that. But, I mean, no, it could also, because, I mean, no, because it could also say, like, he lacks a certain, yeah, I mean, like, I think lacking something means it's gone or just means it's, like, yeah, it's something that's somehow, like, deficient. Like, almost totally deficient. Or, like, just so different that right. it it doesn't... It's not something the square community or any community can understand. Like, it's just right. kind of insane. So you would rather have pers- you would rather have perception and lack all perspective. Do you mean perspective in a v- visual sense? Well, I, I'm not defining it, am I? Yeah, I don't know. I think I already lack all perspective, so. Well, I do. And I, it's gotten me this far. I do, too. I, in fact, I didn't get a job one time because I lacked perspective. Oh, let's not even <laughs> go over that. Well, yeah, but, oh, yes, but that is something that I can have now. I get to have that. That's so fucking great. You know, you get to have the fact that you, you, you the way how you didn't get the job. Yeah, that because I lacked perspective. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great, great thing. We can laugh about it now. Oh, sure we can. Of course, we're laughing all the way. And also, I didn't get another job because I wasn't able to answer the question, how does camera relate the story? Like, who, who's, who am I interviewing with? What are these jobs? That <laughs> This is how it ends up. I've never gotten a job, Brad. Never. Not one time have I gotten a job. That's why you just got to make your own job. Make your own jobs, man. See, there's a good topic right there. What's that? Maybe we'll save for a special episode. But Make your own jobs? Well, I mean, you know, I'm kind of tied between this, this whole, like, make your own job ethos of the current day that mm-hmm, we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also there's the aspect of, you know, and this is, I can't take credit for this turn of phrase. Um, It was actually something, well, yeah, it was something written by a uh, by an artist that I follow online but she had an interesting topic this was Molly Crabapple or Molly Crabapple but she said she she referred to that as you know the rebranding of precarity as entrepreneurship the rebranding of economic 
situation. The re- precarity. Precarity. Yes. And this is Molly Crabapple. Yeah. Which you pronounce Crabapple. Well, that's like the Simpsons way. Gotcha. Um, precarity. So what does that mean exactly? So precarity, you know, like, like, like being in a precarious situation, so to speak, like you have mm-hmm. this precarity. So, um, you know, I think in a economic labor sense, I would say precarity means the fact that you're always kind of on the edge, kind of like living paycheck to paycheck or not even paycheck to paycheck. Cause at least then you have paychecks. This is more like just living like what you can scrounge around. Just living on the edge. Just living on the edge of just, yes. Like an Aerosmith song or a grape that Doc, what's his name, wouldn't want to give to the bird. You lost me there on that one. Okay. A grape? Yeah, these grapes are right on the edge. Right. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about now. I couldn't remember his name. That was a weird thing to bring in, but sure. Well, they're on the edge, you know? It's like, we're on the edge. These grapes are right on the edge. Yes. Nice little Twin Peaks reference. He's got a moral conscience, you know? He's not going to give the bird something that might make it sick or it wouldn't like. He's a doctor. Damn it. What's his last name? Donna uh, Hayward. Hayward. Doc Hayward. Thank you. Doc Hayward. Jesus. All right. So precarity, though. Yeah. So the rebranding of precarity, like rebranding that as something positive, it's something we should all aspire to. Yes. Like, oh, look, you're selling zines on the corner. Yeah. Isn't that a great entrepreneurial endeavor? Now, a zine. You're awesome. You're an entrepreneur. Even though, like, you're pulling in not, you're like pretty much what's, you know, starvation wages way below the poverty line. And there's not really any other opportunity for you out there. So, this is the best you can do. But so, instead of being like, oh, this sucks, this is my interpretation of the, the idea, right? Oh, instead of being like, well, this kind of sucks that uh, so we gathered. have all this problem with unemployment, especially among young people. It's saying, like, no, it's awesome. Like, you get to sell your baby teeth on Etsy and turn that into a business. Everybody's on the cusp of great things. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see it both ways, right? And a zine is short for magazine. Yes. Like, selling teeth on Etsy is really awesome. Yeah, but supply, Brad. Well, you get that's where you get into this commodity teeth trade. It's happening. So I guess you know that should hike up demand, at least, right? If there's so few baby teeth, like there, you know, um, the supply is limited. That should hike up demand. Well, this supply and demand are two separate concepts, but they're intrinsically linked. Well, there's a relationship between supply and demand, of course. Anyway, rather turning this into Molly Eton. Crabapple and the rebranding of precarity. I don't even right. know how we got on that. Well, I said it's a topic for a special. All right. You want to move on from that? I, I sense that. I think we should talk a little bit about not Lebowski. Well, I'm trying to avoid you that. I was going to say that. <laughs> Wait, but. what did you say? You cut it. Are you on the good internet? Oh, I'm on the good internet. Okay, because you cut out I'm there. I'm definitely on the good internet. Sorry if I cut out there. Did you just uh, say you wanted to talk a little bit about Lebowski? 
I didn't. What did you say? I did a little swinger zinger. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Just come on. I watched Ex Machina. Ah. Have you seen that? I haven't. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Elon well, is it Musk about will d- the dude fuck the robot? I don't know if it's about that. Does that play into it? Sure. Mm-hmm. They don't make any mm-hmm. any secret about that, really. But it's not about that. It's not about what are the robot titties made of? Um, no, I mean they're you know, I don't think it's about that. Really. I mean I do want to see it. I love me a good artificial intelligence movie. Elon Musk did not make an appearance in this one. I bet you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, he would have rather appeared in that than Transcendence. So he did appear in Transcendence. Yep. I was going to go there. I didn't realize he appeared in any artificial intelligence movie. I guess you figure yeah, like... Transcendence did not... Did you see that? Yeah, I watched it. It did not look good. Well, I didn't know anything about it. I just saw it, like, I don't know, it was on HBO or something. I'm like, Transcendence? Johnny Depp? What yeah, it's hell? like, oh, it's Johnny Depp, and it's about this whole concept of the uh, the singularity. It's like, all right, right, sounds great. On paper, it sounds good. Sure. The little description, but, like everything about, everything surrounding it, it's like, oh, okay, that has potential. Yeah, but then that trailer. I didn't see the trailer. I was kind of like, oh. It's amazing. Right. A shitty trailer can make a good movie look bad. An awesome trailer can make a bad movie look good, and a shitty trailer can make a shitty movie look shitty. Yeah, it can, just all every permutation is possible. We don't need to go through all of them, but I don't think we hit on all of them. But yeah, you can just mix and match them however you want. But then, in addition to that, a shitty trailer can make a shitty movie look so shitty that when you actually see it, you think it's good. Right. That's right. So, are you saying the Transcendence trailer was that shitty? Like, maybe it's too late now, obviously. I think it might be that shitty. So, if the you watched it, you're like, oh, that, that, that wasn't so bad. The movie probably can't even be that shitty. And this was, a like, a regular trailer, like, in front of other movies and maybe yeah. on television? Yep. Really? Yeah. I don't know what TV you watch. I watch different TV, I guess. Well, no, I just watch... I don't watch any TV. Well, where did you I'm see it? I'm a cord it? cutter. So I specifically go to, like, the trailer website and look at trailers all day. I, or at least not all day. Maybe, you know, every week or two, it's like, oh, what new trailers are out? This is uh, iTunes? Or I, yeah, on iTunes. Or, you know, I guess a lot of it is also, I just see it, like, you know, it comes through social media. People start tweeting about it. Oh, new Johnny Depp AI movie. Looks awesome. And I click on it, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it wasn't awesome. It It's, it's kind of crazy, because it was obviously, like, pretty big budget. And it just smacked of low budget. Yeah. And again, that's a ratio that you can have, but you want the opposite ratio mm-hmm. and you know ex machina mm-hmm. while not exactly low budget smacked of like whoa this yeah. is pretty awesome well ex machina it might just be like our perceptions because i think ex machina regardless of the special effects and everything it kind of smacks of like oh this is a 
independent intellectual exercise. It just kind of comes off that way versus like, dun dun, like Hollywood events, the end of the world has come. See, my Which is what transcendence is like. The Johnny Depp factor aside, my expectations for both of them, I feel, were similar. Because I'd heard more about Ex Machina. I'd never mm-hmm. even heard of Transcendence. It's just like, oh, right. Johnny Depp. Okay. He generally, you know, does okay things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, that was high-pitched, though. Yeah, he does. He's okay. <laughs> just do it for three years. It'll get funny again. You'll go through phases. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, if you're looking for an AI movie, I recommend Ex Machina over Transcendence. Leave it at that. What about Ex Machina versus AI, the Steven Spielberg movie? Well, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and, um, you know, you call it a Spielberg movie. I guess he oversaw final edit and kind of finished out the production, but would have been way better if Kubrick finished it out. Yeah. I just think he would have done things differently. I still think about that movie though. Like there's some good shit in that movie. It's there was a lot of good shit in that movie. Yeah. There's a lot of good shit. You know, he has the hair like thousands of years later or whatever, however long it is. The bottom of the ocean, the little teddy bear has the hair. It's crazy, man. I see. You don't remember that. See, that's pretty much all I remember from that. Well, movie. no. I mean, I I feel like well, you're just nitpicking the fact that like that hair wouldn't have like been eaten away. I what are you talking? I loved that about it. Or no, the I'm, hair was eaten away. It wasn't. He had it, and they could recreate his mommy, and he got to hang out with his mommy a little bit. So now you're being. I'm not being anything. I'm telling you what I liked. This is okay. like it's, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic no, or not. It stuck with me. I still think about that. It's like, oh shit. You know, all the poor little like non-human child wanted was his own mommy. You know? And then he finally got to like experience her again and like have a little bit of time even though she was just a very thin copy of her like the little teddy bear, they've been sitting at the bottom of the ocean for however long, and they get discovered, and it's like, I just want to see my mommy or whatever, you know? And it's like, and then the teddy bear is like, pulls out that locket of hair that he cut off when he was there all frequently with the scissors. Because the little teddy bear took it and kept it. And they were able I to, see. like, reproduce her from her DNA, from the hair, and then he got a little time. I thought that was good. Now, that being said, I don't think Kubrick would have done that that way. Right. That that's a very Spielbergian, like tugging at the heartstrings thing to do. But I yeah. still liked it. I don't yeah. give a shit. I liked it. What are you giving me shit for? What? What? Uh, what? No, don't give me any shit. You didn't like. You hated it. Everything about it. No, I liked it a lot. Actually, I okay. a lot of people hate that movie. I really liked it. See, that movie's not to be hated. A lot of people hated on it pretty bad. I think they needed what to adjust hurt their expectations. Me with it is, I had a really high expectation for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I was like watching the trailers and the commercials, like, oh my God, this movie is going to be so good. This is the movie. Yep. We've talked about how I have a thing for robots in film, right? I. Fuck no. I, have we? Well, we talked about how I can't handle robots getting hurt in film for whatever right, right. bizarre, fucked up reason, <laughs> whatever psychological right. fucking thing in my brain is twisted the wrong way. <laughs> Meanwhile. Crank is cool, you know. <laughs> right. 
You can watch Chev Chelios, like, murder the shit out of people. Right, but if he murdered the shit out of a robot, I'd be like, I'm done. They ruined the franchise for me. I'll never be able to watch (laughs) Chev Chelios again. (laughs) Which is why there's that movie Chappie. Speaking of AI movies, have you seen that one? No, I don't have any desire to, I don't think, because it's got a shitty name. I would, because it is... Niels Blomkamp. Yeah, but man. and it is about robots. So again, two things I like, but it's about like <laughs> robots getting like fucking blasted to shit. Right, he's getting like bullied the, the like whole the, time. Uh, shrimp people in his last movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I might not be able to handle that. How did you feel about not to go down this path again? But growing up, how'd you feel about Short Circuit Two? Short Circuit. Two. Yeah. Um I can only, I can barely remember Short Circuit 2. I'm not sure that I've seen the whole thing. Mm. I definitely remember seeing the end of it. Well I think later on I may have gone packed to see it. If there is an issue with him being disassembled. Well, he gets beat up by some punks in New York. Like they bash the shit out of him. You know? And they, mm-hmm. his eyes are hanging out, and he's bleeding battery acid, and Corbin Burnson or whoever's like following his blood trail to try to find him and help the poor guy. But it's like in slow motion, like it's pretty brutal. They're just using crowbars and just like smashing him. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. And then he's like limping off, all wounded, like barely able to survive. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't like that. I don't think I, I don't remember that scene. I either blocked it off or may have never even seen that that movie. All right. Or the or the possibility that I saw the end where he's gold. Yeah, man, he gets gold plated. Like I saw the end. Like I saw like the last ten minutes of that movie. Of Short Circuit or Short Circuit Two? Short Circuit Two. Okay. Before I ever saw the rest of Short Circuit 2. And it's not Corbin Burnson. It's the guy from Spinal Tap, I think. What's his name? Oh, Michael McKean. Is that his name? I could picture him in there. Well, I do remember in Short Circuit 2, it didn't have any of the cast of the original except for, like, the Indian guy that was kind of like the secondary character. Number Johnny Five. Yeah, so they made him because, you know, no Ali Sheedy or Steve Gutenberg is signing on for Short Circuit 2. Right. Gutenberg's got better so things like, to do. But we got the Indian guy. He's got to hold That's back. That's all we need. Bring him on. He's Short got, Circuit 2. He's got to hold back the electric car, for God's sakes. Well, here, I found a little clip of them beating the shit out of number Johnny Five no, here, if you want to see it. No. It, well, if we, what we could do is one of those like reaction videos. We can put it on YouTube. I just sent you the link. Go to 38 <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And I sent you the one of the uh, walking dog-like robot getting kicked. <laughs> For some reason, that doesn't affect me. I don't know why. Because it's not humanoid. Because there's no exhibiting intelligence. It's not like robots. So if you like beat apart like a like car-assembling robot that like we have today, like I don't care. That doesn't affect me. It's something about... like. A robot that has feelings. <laughs> what about the DARPA robotics challenge where they do look humanoid and they're trying to do like perform simple tasks <laughs> like opening doors, but like they'll just stop halfway and then kind of fall over? Yeah, I don't know. Does I don't that know if I know you? that. I don't know if I know that video, so I can't really uh, <laughs> I'll answer. Send it to you. <laughs> 
Why? Oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> we can put these there. Oh, but I do start feeling bad for them, but not that bad. Because also, fuck them. I don't like them. They're too fucking humanoid. Well, they shouldn't be making those robots. They should not be. They shouldn't be. This one is like carrying a hammer. You yeah. Know? What the fuck? Well, you know what I just watched earlier today? Oh, I'm watching the Johnny Five thing. I couldn't put away. <laughs> you you watched uh, Critters again? No, I watched Batman versus Terminator. Oh, and I wait, saw Batman again versus- just like what building these robots can do and lead to. Not Batman versus Darth Vader. No, Batman versus Darth Vader. We didn't talk about that on here. I don't feel Didn't like. we? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. It was surprisingly... You said it best. What did I say? But I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was really good. (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) It was something to the effect of, like, that was... This is so stupid, yet I can't stop watching it. It's so awesome. Yep, there was probably shame involved, but then a a not Because it is, like, you don't want to admit... I'm not that that's go- cool. No, I'm not going around telling people like, "Hey, go watch Batman versus Darth Vader" because it's it's better than you think it's going to be. I know, I know, I know, I get it. I'm not saying that to people. I'm just, I'm just not. Yeah, you can't really. It is insane the level that these like fan films reach. How much money did they spend on that? You know, I have no idea. It's well done. I mean, like they're obvious. Well, I don't know what they are, right? Like, I just assume they, they probably work in the biz, and in their spare time, they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a Batman versus Darth Vader And it's like, fight let, me, scene? let me stop you right there. No. Because, <laughs> you know, that's stupid. But they believed in it, you know? They fucking yeah. believed in it. Mm-hmm. They put some passion. They, they Yeah, sweated. it was really well done. Really it was a well very done. well done Batman versus Darth Vader film that respected both characters. You know what? I probably said something along the lines of, it kind of makes me want to see that movie. You, you didn't say that, but yeah, it kind of does. I'm like, yes, I'd watch a movie of this. I would watch... I mean, it's just the next thing they'll have to do, right? Disney owns Marvel... They're both trying to make this shared universe with Star Wars, like they've done with Marvel, make a whole bunch of interconnecting films now. Is Batman Marvel? Is that what he is? No, he's not Marvel, oh. but they could do, you know, like Avengers meets Star Wars. Iron Man versus other Iron Man. Yeah. Black Iron Man versus red and silver, red and gold Iron Man. Maybe you wouldn't call it that. Might be a is black sensitive. by Black Iron Man? Do you mean Darth Vader? Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe you meant Iron Man's like friend who is African American who also has an Iron hey, Man. Hey, I got a black friend. Look, he's right over there. <laughs> no, Darth Vader, Black Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. You know, Hulk can smash the Death Star. Why not? Why the fuck not? You know, just go raging Imagine around. Imagine taking on an Adat. <laughs> The possibilities, Brad. The endless. Shit, man. Captain America versus Luke Skywalker, who's turned evil. I mean, they already have Guardians of the Galaxy. There's already a connection here, right? Wait, how's that a connection? 
Well, to space and other planets and shit. Okay, well, isn't Thor's that too, though? Yeah, Thor is. is it works that way too. Mm-hmm. They, they, they connected like, all that. That in. Yeah, bridge so. can go anywhere. You know, they got the yeah. guy there. Garden. It's another realm. There's the answer. It's just another realm. They travels one of the nine realms. That's it. it. That's a Thor thing. Nine realms. Yeah. I don't know it too well. I like the movie though. I didn't see the second one. I I can't give opinions on them. Why? My opinions are somewhat invalid. I feel. Because the because I just like them all. I love them all. Okay. Even if they're not that good, I still fucking love them. I don't know why. The heart wants what it wants, Brad. It's exactly. Okay, man. It's exactly. Okay. Ain't nobody judging you. I've grown, man. I'm not judging you. I will send you videos of robots being mistreated, but I'm not judging right. you for it. I did watch that uh, Johnny Five clip, and it was not to what it. you advertised it as. I didn't actually watch it. Is it not that brutal? It's not, it's, they don't even hurt him. He fight, he like, they're, he's impervious to their advances. They must come back later oh, and really yeah. suck it to him because they, they're they angry that they got their asses handed to him. They or definitely something. come back later then. I thought that's the one yeah. where. Yeah. They just have like a crowbar and an axe and he's just like, gotcha. ow, stop it. Right. And he just beats the shit out of him. He just kind of like grabs the weapons from them and like swings them in a circle and they go flying out the door. Oh, they come back. Like, yeah. uh. Yeah, a la Three Stooges. Well, here, how about the short circuit to Johnny Five dying? <laughs> no! <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah, that's it. Here. Well, I mean, you don't have to watch it right now, but, you know, maybe for some later, later viewing. I'll save that one for later. There you go. <laughs> Johnny Five's beating, it's called. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because he's such a sympathetic robot. He's got eyebr- like expressive yeah. eyebrows and giant, you know, puppy dog eyes. And, like, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. No, no disassemble. Yeah, no disassemble. Exactly. It's his That's- whole ethos. Say what you will about it, but at least it's a fucking ethos. Johnny Fives beating. <laughs> Johnny Fives beating. Johnny Fives beating. What does the world come to? You know... He's just, he's out of his fucking element, you know? And there's bad people in the world, Brad. Well, you know, and in, 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 in the second one, they replaced his, like, laser with, like, a toolbox or something, right? Yeah, no more lasers. Because, again, if you had a laser, like, yeah, there wouldn't be any smackdowns. No, you just laser people. Cut them in yeah. half. It's like having a lightsaber that extends to infinity. <laughs> well, that's right. pretty awesome. Nobody's just, like... Turn it on and go in a circle. Done. Yeah, this is brutal, man. You see, I didn't <laughs> watch it. Brutal. Pretty bad. The Johnny Five beating—they <laughs> really are fighting. They're beating him, man. Yeah, they're kicking the shit out of him. This guy's like, kill him, man. It's like a way they can get away with shit because it's like, okay, we can't show like a brutal gang beating on a show, unlike you know a kids show normally. Unless it's a robot. But hey, it's just a robot. We can show them, like, smashing the fuck out of the... Oh, this is bad, man. <laughs> they're getting splattered with, like, blood-like yeah, battery acid. Oil or whatever the fuck it is coming out of them. Yeah. No disassemble. I'm alive. See, that's what fucking gets me. I can't take that. No, please. Bam. I'm alive. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really laughing at it I, because I remember watching it when it came out like, ooh, another short circuit movie. The first one was pretty entertaining. And then, like, they're just beating the shit out of right. this guy and he limps off all terrible. It's like Christopher Nolan's short circuit. <sighs> Christopher Nolan. It's like. I don't uh, know what that even means. <clears throat> I don't know what that means either. If Tars was there, he would have fucked these guys up, these Los Locos bastards. Well, I guess that is. That's what Interstellar really is. It's just... Uh, it's Nolan's answer to Short Circuit 2. Yeah, it's Nolan's Short Circuit. That's how it started. Originally, it was just about the robots. Right, which, you know, I kind of want to see that It's just a modern version. update of Short Circuit. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, so they like... And there he is, time to memory failure. It starts going down. The, uh... So these guys beat the shit out of him so badly, and then it ends with the somewhat comical, like, they get chased off by these remote-controlled planes, with a plane, like, ultimately hitting the bad guy in the ass as he's bent over. Yeah, that seems a little flimsy, doesn't it? It just seems like not, uh, again, the toning, right? It's like, here's this brutal beating they're giving down here it's all of a sudden we're in like, i don't even know what it is right like a scorsese film like this is like joe pesci beating the shit out of someone dance boom boom you know what's dance spider and then it ends with like a three stooges routine yeah well i guess like oh my ass two of the guys are in suits like they're not accustomed to this violence and they have one hired thug Right, and even the one suit guy who's got the crowbar and does end up bashing the shit out of Johnny Five. Like, he doesn't like it. He gets splattered with the oil or the battery acid, and he's like, ugh, this is bad. It's like, only one of the guys is really, like, prone to violence. And he's the one that gets nailed in the ass with the plane. So, like, their job there was done. As far as they could tell, this thing's dead, disassembled. This is... Now, think about it. If you, that remote control plane was pretty big. If you, that thing came flying yeah. down out of there and, like, slammed you in the ass, that would hurt. So, like, suit guys are already running off because they don't want to get in trouble. And then, you know, Thug gets hit in the ass with the plane. He runs off. But I guess it's, like, the music and the framing, and it's just, like, it was meant to be a little comical, farcical or something. Well, and also, well, I there guess- it is. We discovered uh, the next deep cast. Short Circuit 2. Short Circuit 2. Or just Johnny Five's beating. Just Johnny Five's beating. We'll go through it frame by frame. All right, see, oh, that's God, reasonable. I could not do that. <laughs> I'm is- going to like be sick tonight. After like, I'm holding it together for the show, but... His eye gets all smashed. It. It, like it's dangling out. I'm alive. No. Please. <laughs> Oh, number Johnny Five. The world, yeah. Well, you know, he went. You know, the innocent robot in the cruel world. I just, it's, yeah. He goes cruising out there. You know, he thinks it's all just fun and games out there. I guess he learned, didn't he? Should have kept that fucking laser. Sometime. Well, the fucking stupid government, like taking their military grade laser. <clears throat> well, he wanted it off there. I think no disassemble. You know, but lasers can be used for other things. 
might be able to do some welding or like, you know, cut holes in things that aren't alive, maybe. I don't know. <coughs> I could kind of sense you holding it in there. Yeah. Well, I'm not- shit. I have some revisits. <clears throat> okay. Do we want to do that? I got one from minute seven and 45 seconds. So that would be episode eight. And there's okay. a, there's a reason I went back that far, but at seven minutes and forty five seconds, mm-hmm. um, Donnie throws his strike. This is the first time we're in the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. The dude's about to regale them with the story of how his carpet got soiled. Mm-hmm. Donnie throws his strike, and he's walking back. And there's a guy in the lane right next to them. He's got a purple bowling ball, and he he rolls it. You only see it get about halfway, and the guy turns around. It's not even, hasn't even gone anywhere. Hasn't even gone halfway down the lane. He just turns around and starts walking back. But you can see it's like heading over, way over to the left, and you never hear anything go, so he threw a gutter ball. Right, okay. I just, I don't think we ever noticed that before. No, we haven't. And it's the, you know, the namesake of our podcast here, so. I think any time we see one, we should point it out. So, anyway, he's just some schlub there, like, passing some time. He's not not these uh, semi-pro league guys like right. the dude and company. But I was looking at this because I wanted to go back and see... <clears throat> What lane number they were in, because I always thought it was 24. Okay. But in this scene, they're at 22. So I didn't go through every bowling scene, but I seem to remember that they were in lane 24 a bunch of times. Are they always in the So I thought so, but I guess I'm mistaken. But they're close. Maybe those schlubs came and took lane 24, and they're like, damn it. Well, we'll take 22. Because I thought right. they were always in 24. The reason I, 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 I cannot comment on this. The reason I bring it up, though, is that the minute we're in now, <clears throat> actually the previous minute, so it still qualifies as a revisit, the dude gets the oat sodas, the dude abides, and he walks off. Walter mm-hmm. holds the beers up. Now he's walking yes. towards the end of the bowling alley. Like, we can see the last lane there fuzzy in the background. And you've got, I don't know what lane numbers that would be back there. I don't know how many lanes are in Hollywood Star Lanes, but he's walking over there. And you've got the uh, cleaner guy. Right. Who's cleaning one of the lanes. I'm going to say the one, two, three, fourth from the end. Okay. The one he's cleaning is in use because there's like only two pins up. It's like somebody has thrown has rolled once and didn't get a strike, and there's a pin or two up. Right. Well, there's two lanes like that. Right, two lanes right next to each other like that, and he's cleaning one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, why is he cleaning the one that's in use? Me? I don't know. I can't answer that one, dude. That's weird. And especially since, like, the dude is walking over there, like, they're in one of these lanes here. Why are you cleaning down there when they're trying to bowl? Right. Well, like, yeah, where would they be going? I mean, he walks way off screen. I mean, he pretty much walks past, yeah. 
Yeah. It's almost like he walks at least to where the guy is cleaning, like at least to that lane. Well, even if he's where the guy was cleaning, yeah, I mean. I mean, it's no closer to us than that one. I mean, but he wouldn't be walking there. Yeah, it definitely has to be further than that, I would say. Why? Why can't it be the one that the guy's, the orange man Well, it could cleaning? be the one the guy's cleaning, except they're not bowling where someone's cleaning. But clearly somebody's bowling where he's cleaning. Well, there's just one pin there. I don't know. Maybe leaving one pin out is like the signal for don't use this lane. I think the signal for don't use this lane is when the pin setter is down because you can't use it. But they can't put the pin setter down because he's cleaning, cleaning it. it. Okay. I, I mean, you know, this is all rampant conjecture on my part. I mean, he's striding pretty purposefully back there. So maybe they're on one of the three last lanes, I guess. Yeah, but again, there's no... I just don't know why they're cleaning them when it's open and people are bowling at all. Or like, yeah. just well, open But you can see those it. lanes the entire time the stranger's talking. Yeah. Nobody's bowling. He, no one's ever bowling. Well, you know, maybe he has, they have to get his shoes on. They start, like, you know, having one of their cute uh, dude Walter arguments about something. They're adorable, aren't they? You know, they haven't gotten around to rolling anything yet. Where do you think Jeff Bridges walked over to? Did Was somebody over there, like, putting a little robe around his shoulders with a little <laughs> cup of coffee or something? I don't know. It might just be because they're still doing action, like he just kind of stands over there, maybe? Probably sits down, I would think. I don't know. He might be standing. He's kind of staying in character. He's a method actor. It's kind of like, well, just in case. I mean, you know, he's still on set. The camera's still rolling. He's going to be in character then, at least. Yeah, it's a good point. Once they yell cut, he's like, all right. And then they say, okay, we got it. We're done. It's a wrap. And he's like, all right. I can be then myself. He's, then he's going to just be like, yep. Let me go back to take, let me just go back to, uh, yeah, taking black and white photos with this, like, super panoramic camera of everybody. Right. Well, that's all. No real, I don't have insight about it. I just wanted to point those things out. Um, And I, you maybe you can correct me, but I, I we didn't get into... The Black Memorial Armbands, did we? Oh, you know, you shouldn't really ask me questions about that involve memory. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. But I'm going to say, no, we actually never did get to the armband. Because I moved it down to revisit, because I don't think we addressed it. And I did a lot of research about this. The dude's wearing a black armband on his right arm, and it's in memoriam. For Donnie. Right. Which... It's a fallen comrade. Fallen teammate. Fallen teammate. Exactly. It's a sports thing. There's varying, um, you know, claims as to where this originated. Um, the, the one site I found says... Well, it doesn't really matter. The morning call. Who cares? But black armband began in baseball back in the 20s by the Cleveland Indians. That's what this guy claims. Okay. Um... <clears throat> but another there's another site that says that both of them are baseball. But this says memorial armbands and and this is um exhibits.baseballhalloffame.org. 
sounds legit. Okay. Memorial armbands and markings of one sort or another have been a tradition in baseball since the 19th century. The first known use of a memorial marking on a major league uniform took place in 1876. First of all, the major leagues were around in 1876? Yeah. Jesus. The The inaugural year of the National League. Shit. In late May of that season, Tom Miller, catcher for the St. Louis Nine, I guess that's their name, passed away from a disease of the kidneys. Though Miller had last played ball with the club the previous season, his teammates adopted a resolution stating that we, his late associates, wear a badge of mourning for 30 days as a token of respect for his memory. So there you go. The St. Louis Nine. St. Louis Nine. And so this has also moved on to other sports? Yeah, you see it in various permutations. Um, Sean Taylor was a cornerback for the... A coroner? Corner. Cornerback. That's a defensive player, not to be confused with a quarterback, who's an offensive player. A cornerback on defense um, plays in the secondary, and they're generally covering wide receivers who are running down the field trying to catch passes from the quarterback. Okay. I guess if you look at the field from a bird's eye view directly above, the cornerbacks are on the outsides of the formation covering the wide receivers. So if you like drew a square around like where all the players are, they'd be mm-hmm. in the corners, cornerback. Mm-hmm. Don't know. That's my best guess. I'm making that up, but... But anyway, Sean Taylor was playing for the football team from Washington, and uh, it's the middle of the season. Maybe they had a bye week or something where they weren't playing, and he had a home in Florida, and there was a home invasion, and he got shot and killed. And the team wore memorial. I don't know if they were armbands or if it was like a might have been on the shoulder, something. It was black. Might have had his number on it, twenty-seven or something. Okay. I don't remember what his number was, but yeah. yeah, it still happens from time to time. Well, watching, uh, you know, for as many times as I've seen this movie, I never noticed the black armband. Me fucking either. Until last minute. Yeah, never like, noticed it. What the hell? Look at it. And it makes perfect sense. His teammate, his teammate died. I would have loved to have seen if Walter was wearing one. You would think he, of all people, would be into that kind of, like, you know... What do you even call it? That uh, not uh, that pageantry, not that pageantry, but you know that um, the system of you know it's a fucking rule. Right. You know, somebody goes down. There are yes. rules for that shit. Decorum, decorum, sure. More than that, though. Uh, whatever doesn't matter. Pomp, sure. I think between tradition, pomp, decorum, ritual. tradition, ritual. Pageantry is the worst of all of those. Um, yeah, he would have been really into that. So we can imagine him back there with some sort of like black adornment. But yeah, weird that how many times and like we've seen the dude in this shirt and there it is, plain as day. Where, yes. Which shirt is this? This After is the rewind. Medina Saad shirt. So he's still wearing the Medina Saad. I mean,. In theory, they went right to the bowling alley. Right, fuck it, dude, let's go bowling, and they're directly there. 
Although he had to find a black armband. Well, maybe he already had them ready. They knew that they were going bowling. Yeah, it could be. He just kind of brushed the human remains, or cremains, if you will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from his face and hair and came down here, threw on a black armband. Yeah, it's a, it's a wristband from the look of it, now that I'm examining it more closely. It's fuzzy. It's got the fuzziness of a wristband. And he just put it around his bicep area. So maybe he did have a wristband in his little bowling bag or something. Maybe he borrowed one from Smokey. Who knows, man. But good on him for honoring Donnie. Um, There's another... There's a visual note that's also a revisit. There's awesome framing that's going on here. And I don't know if Roger Deakins is operating the camera or if he has a camera op. I'm assuming he has a camera op. Yeah. So he's the director of photography. You know, some people like to get behind there and get their hands dirty, but I'm assuming he's got a camera op, but he's still in charge of like, you know, at the end of the day, he's responsible for how the picture looks. So there's a beautiful, the dude's talking to the stranger, strikes and gutters, ups and downs, gets his beer, walks away and he crosses. He's on screen left. As he walks mm-hmm. away, he crosses, and now he's on screen right. The stranger's on screen left, so they swap sides now. As the dude fades into the background, his story is done. They swap. They literally change positions, visually, as well as metaphorically or whatever you want to say. Now they're on opposing sides as the dude is, is going off now into the background. And I just think that's beautiful. They're moving in, they're dollying in, and they pan right, and now they're framed on opposite sides. It's just a beautiful move. And they continue to dolly in as the dude delivers his line, the dude abides, so that when he walks off, there's a little area where, screen right, where he can, like, disappear off mm-hmm. to. And the stranger even kind of, as he turns back around to face us, kind of like, you know, he's all kind of loose from the waist up, so he kind of bends screen right and then bends back screen left and then kind of centers up like he's a little wobbly as we push in and frame him up just off center. It's a masterful piece of camera work and directing and it's it the thing about it is it goes this is one shot it goes through this whole minute into the next minute it's one continuous oh, yeah. shot mm-hmm. until the end and I just, so now we've gone past revisits. I don't know if I should save it or mention it. We can get into it more next episode, maybe. But Towns Van Sant's Dead Flowers is playing in the background this right. whole time. Yeah, it's on the, it's on like the, uh, the PA system in the bowling alley. Right. It goes from, you know, non-diegetic transitions into diegetic. So it's on the PA system now. But I've listened to this song probably a hundred times in the last two or three weeks. I've even Mm -hmm. started to learn it on the guitar because, you know, you just know this song so well from seeing the end of this movie so many times. Mm -hmm. So I watched this minute a couple of times just listening to his song back there, and they don't edit it. It's the song. It just plays. It's not cut, it's not fucked with at all. Which means 
they had to time this one shot out perfectly. So they're hitting from- they're hitting beats and they're also timing it out perfectly for the ending when Barry Asher throws his strike. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like we see the first guy, the the you know supervisor cleaner man, mm-hmm. and then we cut to Barry Asher throwing his first strike. Dude walks up, although he doesn't get a strike, he misses one. He's probably bummed about that. But they're like, "Fuck it, it was good for Jeff Bridges and John Goodman." This is one shot now to the end, till we cut to black. Yes, all one shot. You- Obviously, no argument there. It begins with this guy rolling uh, rolling his ball, and it ends with him rolling the ball. What else is funny, though, I mentioned like they had to hit beats. Yeah. Within the song that matched the movie. The dude says... Okay, give me some examples of those. I have one example. Okay. Besides the end of the movie, but that's next minute. The example in... Well, yes, it's in this minute. It's kind of straddles the border between last minute and this minute. But the dude walks off. He says, the dude abides. He walks off into the shadows, even further into the shadows, fading and melting into the background as the stranger turns back around to us. Just as Towns Van Zant sings, I won't forget to put roses on your grave. The stranger turns back around and starts talking. We don't know it quite yet, but he's talking to us because he's about to break mm-hmm. the fourth wall even more and look directly into the camera and start addressing us. But it's like, again, the dude is done now. Don't forget to put roses on his grave. And now we turn back around. And that's the end of one of the verses. Actually, the end of the uh, chorus. Okay. So it's it's hitting the transition in the song is matching the transition in the movie. Well, and do you think that's just a happy accident though? It, it happens with music. I'm not going to say it doesn't. Music is weird like that. I don't know. I'm I just mean, pointing it the, out. The the beat at the at the at the end when the movie goes to black, right? They could have chosen they wanted that to happen roughly. And then and back did everything it. else reverse that cuz they could have did that whole montage of Cleaning up the bowling alley. Sure. If they wanted to do that. Yeah. I'm of the mind, you know, they filmed this. They were, didn't even know what music was going to be in the background when they filmed it. I doubt it. I think they had a pretty good idea. I mean, they certainly didn't know for sure that they would have the rights to this song. They didn't know for sure. Because there's that, 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 that the whole discussion. <clears throat> Which, granted, is fine. I'm not arguing... I'm not saying because I mean they could say okay this is the you know at the end we're gonna have this song, but when did they even bring uh, T Bone on board to try to like find some songs for this? Yeah, I don't know. Great question. Could have been after the whole movie was done. Let's let's call up T Bone and find out. I'll send him an email, I guess. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely before picture lock, but seems like it would be during the edit. Well, that's my whole point, though. Yeah, so it was during the edit, not while they were, uh, you know, on set blocking this scene and choreographing it out to to match the music. Right. But it's just curious. It's curious. It's just the magic. Well, it's the magic of music, I guess, that you can, like, infer a lot of connections and correlations and causations Mm -hmm. that don't necessarily exist. But it is weird that it's one long shot and, like... 
there are times when it matches up and seems to work perfectly for this particular shot, which was already shot. I don't know. Don't know. It's weird. The dude has got some in-your-face lip smacking. So we're still revisiting here. Yeah, still revisiting. But he's eating those peanuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we'd call a stage peanut. It's a stage peanut. A stage lip smack. Yeah, he's hamming it up with those lips of his. You know, he's Jeff Bridges is classically trained, right? You have to make that lip smack. You have to communicate it. But as you gotta project uh, it. As our he good has friend, to sell it. Really, that's his job to sell those lip smacks. And do do you think it's a little too overzealous? Maybe no such thing. No such thing. Do you think he did those lip smacks, or did they fully that shit in there? Oh, I see. Jesus fuck. <laughs> I mean, they're they are so in your face, man. So, but just the audio of them? Yeah, or the is audio. It the entire gesture. Um, both. But I was referring to the audio mainly. I mean, I think they you they. Well, that's a good question, right? It is. I'm going to say they used the audio from on set for the dialogue in this scene. All right, it's a controlled environment. The dude's all wired up, so that's possible. And they used the the, the his own lip smacks. Where we're stuck in there. They must have directed him to be really smacky about it. They didn't want the smacks to get lost. I'm all for the smacks, man. I can't I just can't help it. Hey, I'm not can't. smacking the smacks. I'm just mentioning it. They're just they're pretty in your face. I'm not smacking them. The dude doesn't care. You get more flavor because you're introducing air. It's like a carburetor for your mouth. Right. You know, you're it's like and, you're tasting wine, you, know. you you suck it in, you get air. It aerates it so it like right. And the dude is very hedonistic in that regard. He likes pleasures. So he would know the way to optimize his peanut eating experience, without a doubt. You got to carburate that experience. Without a doubt. There, I think that right there is the key insight. I agree. That we can deliver in this episode, probably, is that right there. Well, we're done, then. (laughs) We didn't even get to talking about this minute. We didn't. We're in a minute and eight in. An hour and eight in. Hour and eight minute, That'd minutes. Be funny. Hours. It was only one minute and eight seconds in. See, I, I lack the perspective. <laughs> well, it could be worse. You could lack I have no perception. temporal perspective. You could lack perception, and that'd be worse. I wasn't able to perceive time. I just experienced everything happening at once, <laughs> like a wormhole alien. Right, like Tars in the uh, in the black in hole. the black hole. Yeah, I know exactly. There is no time at that point. It's irrelevant. Th- those are all the revisits I have. Um, well, there could always be a 112A. Oh, geez. What do we do? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I don't know how it got this out of hand. It got pretty out of hand. Johnny Five getting beat up. Yeah, that'll do it. That's a real gut punch. Talk about gut punches. I mean, we... <laughs> I actually do have some things to talk about for the minute, but it's it's too fucking late now. It's too long. We've set a precedent. There's no shame in spanning time, spanning episodes. 
It's like Vincent Gallo in Buffalo 66. We're spanning well, I guess at time. this point, we talked about it. We just got, we have to do it. Yeah. There's no reeling it back in now that we the specter of uh, 112A is put out there. Yeah. We let that genie out of the bottle, didn't we? I guess I, guess I did that. Close the book on that one. All right. Well. That's your answer to everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fuck it. Fuck it. Tattoo it on your forehead. Throw it off the poop deck. Next time on Gutterball. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that.